Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. That it will be real that you truly are God. That you are the God of all the hearts. You are the God of all humanity. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Just going to have a conversation as we go out. Part of the things that God has said is that as you step out in evangelism, that as you are taking those steps. And I feel it's quite practical. I would explain it as we go on. Is that you begin to speak to God as you take those steps, sorry. That, you know, it could be God as I take steps for you. Take steps on my behalf. You know, and God says that it should also be a place of prayer as we go and as we commit ourselves to him again. But as we look at a scripture to get the scriptures together, we're talking about picking the burdens, the Lord's burden. Picking the Lord's burden. Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter eleven when Jesus said Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. But in our said, this is how it will work. You have to take my body. But I will teach you how to handle my body. He said, take upon me, upon take on, take. Take my body on you and let me teach you how to carry my body. Because if one is not taught of God, if you are carrying his body, you will be heavy. So he's saying that, he's saying, you know, but he expects you and I to drop our burdens, and at times it's difficult to do that. To drop our burdens so that you can pick on his own. The problem is that when you are picking up your own and his own together, it will be difficult. So he now said, take my yoke and let me teach. He said, because I am humble and gentle-hearted, I would walk with you as you carry my body. And it says, and you will find rest for your souls. It seems like he's saying that, he said, I will give you rest. And he's also saying that you will have to find it. It's a, it's a process as you are going along with me. As I am teaching you. As I am teaching you. He said, for my yoke is easy to bear. And my burden is light. What he's saying is that 
it may appear that it is heavy, but he's saying it is light. It may appear to be heavy, but he's saying it is light. Amen. Amen. So, as we learn a little bit more about burdens, you would we are looking at a particular, a major burden in the heart of God. That which Jesus would say will call his food. That which Jesus will call his food. You know, the, the Bible says in John chapter 34, verses. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, um, I can't. LM, I see nothing. LM59. Uh, please, can you just move your car? And um, NG06. Okay. Can you please open the gates? They can come in if they want to. So, amen. Um, so he says that, sorry about that. He says, My food is to do the will of him that has sent me and to finish his work. He said, Do, do you not have a saying? It is, it is, it is the fall months because before harvest, I tell you, open your eyes, the harvest is fine. Now verse 36 now says, even now he who reaps wages, um, he who reaps draws a wage, and the harvest a crop for eternal life. So is the sower and the reaper will be glad together. Now, what Jesus is saying there first is that there is a burden in my heart and when you look at this place, it was when Jesus went to evangelize to that Samaritan woman. So Jesus was saying, the body in my heart is, is for souls to be one. So when God is saying, I want you to carry my body, one of the major burdens is expecting every one of us to carry is to win the soul. And you would see that as we, the Bible says, the Bible says that, the Bible says, the wish of God, his desire is to, um, First Timothy, he says, um, let's use the next one, he said, First Timothy 2, 3 to 4, he said, this kind of prayer is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of our God and our Savior. Who wishes? That means it is God's desire. When you are going to find out what is the bonding in the heart of God, the Bible says to he wishes that all people be saved and come to the knowledge and recognition of divine truth. So when God is saying, carry my body, his first body is our souls are one and they are brought to the knowledge. Now, this thing, this kind of body, the Bible defines it as walk. John chapter 
that John, John chapter uh, 4 again, uh, he says, my food is to do the will of him that has sent me and finish his work. Please note here that this was when Jesus went to preach to Samaritan woman. So when they met him, he said, no, my will is to, is to, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So if they had asked Jesus, what is the work of God? The work of God is saving souls. The work of God is saving souls. You know, you would you would see that when we go to Second Timothy, just um, you see that he said he said you but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Walk at telling others the, the good news. Other translation will say, do the work of an evangelist. So what I'm trying to say is that when God is sent and carry out the ministry God has given him, he's saying, he's saying the work, there is a work that has to be done. And that work, as far as God is concerned, is winning this work. If you are looking to carry the burden of God and carry it where God is saying, that body, that this is how to carry it. It is actually winning a soul. And you begin to see as we look just for that, how that body is released. Or how, how the, you know, the pressure of that body is released. You know, the Bible says, again, when you read Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was talking and Jesus said, Jesus, and when he saw the crowd, Matthew chapter 9, or is it Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. So the Bible says, and when he saw when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. You moved up a bit, please. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, he said, the Bible says, and when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. He said, because they were harassed and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the field. So when there is work, you need workers. So as I, what I'm trying to say is that when we are looking at this, you see that Jesus is defining Winning souls as God's work. That's where that's where you're coming to. So he said, ah, you know, and he's, he's, he was saying that workers are expected to go and, and pick, to go into the harvest and work. Proverbs said some Proverbs chapter verse five. He said something in, interesting. The Bible says, the Bible says, he who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son. On that translation, we say he's a wise son. The Bible says, but he that sleeps during the time of harvest, the son that is sleeping when the father is working. Filling the gap. <laughs> when God is at work and the son is saying, you know, he doesn't really bother me. See, all those kind of things. It doesn't mean, and God says, this is the only work I am doing.
One thing I'm just going to say also here as we bring this to a point, to, to, some, to some areas, that you see that when that scripture was saying later, the Bible says, God wants that every man be sick and be brought to the knowledge of truth. So that means that when somebody is saved, the next step is that they are brought to the knowledge of truth. I'll show you this from Jeremiah from, uh, chapter 3. Um, Jeremiah chapter 3, please. Uh, the Amplified Bible, he said, It will be in those days that we wait. Amen. He said, he said, he said Return all faithless children to the twelve tribes of the says the Lord, for I am a master and I am, I am, a, I am, a, for I am a master and a husband to you. I would. I would, I would take, I would take you not as a nation, but, but individually. One city, uh, sorry, one, one from one city and two from another tribe, and he said, I will bring you to Zion. So God is saying, no. When I'm saving people, it is not in bulk, individually. Please note that at this time, what he's saying here is repentance. So when somebody has won, has been won to Christ, the next step that the Bible says, I'm not going much into this, is the Bible says, then, then in the final, in the final time, I will give you a spiritual shepherd after my own heart. His job, he will feed you with knowledge and true understanding. That means there is nothing called a floating Christian. A Christian that, as far as scripture is concerned, I'm talking about opinions, as far as biblical teaching is concerned, standard of scripture, is when somebody is born to Christ, they are linked to a family. And the Bible says, I will give you, his job is to feed you. Somebody, you know, I was talking to somebody at the time, we were just having a chat, and I was asking this, I said, I said, I said this is interesting how many Christians do not, do not, you know, when some people say, ah, that pastor is very, he's nice. Why? He gives people money. He helps us. He helps us to, say, is that a job? It is good to help. If you go to a GP's surgery, I think that GP looks good. And he helps people. Oh, he's not a doctor. Would you go there if you are sick? You won't go to a GP and say, ah, you know. See, the day you are sick, proper, proper sick, you won't go to a GP that is handsome. You don't care if he's handsome or not. Even the matter was say, ah, you know, if you, if you go to that GP, oh God, that boy is. <laughs> but why? At times it's interesting how much Christians do not understand the role of a shepherd. His job is to keep feeding you. So somebody asked him one day, I, I don't know the answer to that, but somebody asked him one day, sometime, he, said, he, said, he, said, he, said, he said, can a pastor, can you have a pastor of a church who cannot teach scripture? He said, <laughs> said that scripture that I know, his first responsibility is you to feed his flock. He said, so, it is, see, let's say that people say, ah, that church, the music is bam. 
It's not that the music is bad. Is it teaching you? Are you being fed via it? It's interesting how much people, you know, but what I'm just trying to say without going is that in the first responsibility now, because God knows you will be hungry as a sheep. You would need to grow as a sheep. You will go to but it is the regular feeding that matters. Now, it, it is not the job of a shepherd, whoever the shepherd is, is to find out how now it, a shepherd does not say, ah, how are you feeling? Let us do topic based on that. He says that I will give you a shepherd after my own. So that means the shepherd goes to the person that sent them to the flock and say, What are they going to eat today? Just wanted to point out that to say that it is important as we look at it. So it's important that, and let's let's come on, please. In I said, it will be in those days when you have repented and be multiplied and increased in the land. So the benefit you begin to see, it might be a slow process. It might be that some of us, the veins that God is trying to build is big. You know some students that because they are going to be tall, one of them might join that, that. So some people, they have to heat properly before you begin to see some sign of, you know, and things like that. But the, the constant things that they have to be fed. No matter where you... See, this is what I tell people. I used to tell my brothers also. If you go to... See, the important thing is not the aesthetics in the place. It is... See, if a GP is sitting under the tree, you will go there. Rather than somebody who has... How many of us have been to those lovely Nigerian salads? That is all, uh, you know, when they ask have you food, you'd be like, no, but <laughs> you know, I want Nigerian food. When they make Kamala, it looks as if it's a Chinese person that made it. You, you, you feel like, you know, what is all of this? Because it is, so it is the quality of food that you eat. It is the quality of food that you eat. Now, I'm saying that today as we begin to bring it even a little bit closer. Because the question, as we begin to bring it a little bit closer, we are talking about doing the work of the Father. This is part one. But, you know, as, let's go to verse, the, the next scripture, please. Now, the Bible says that... The Bible says, obey those who, speak, who are your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your soul and continually guarding your spiritual welfare. Not financial welfare. Spiritual welfare as those that they will give account of their stewardship. Now, what the Bible is saying is this, is that as a shepherd you would give account of every soul. Now, what Paul was saying to them is that, please note that these people have a jurisdiction over you. Can I say something as we just make this a little bit? I 
Antiemi, you cannot, you cannot come and ask me Akakis. Is that possible? Why? Because I am not accountable for the Akakis. See, there are times where some pastors understand this thing. See, when you say, you know, okay, let me put it to you in, in, in the two dimensions that I, I will try to go. I was, somebody was going to do something in a particular place in Nigeria, and it was, it was, it was tough. Spiritually and things like that, and people were praying, and I said, you know what, see, when I, when I went to God, and when I was talking to God about it, I said, God, I said, you, the devil cannot be interfering with this life, because me and the devil cannot have, we are not the, you cannot, okay, this is what, you cannot ask me an account of what I'm not, I don't have responsibility about. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, when a pastor or somebody over, over you stands to pray with you, what they are saying to God is that this is the one I have account over. You cannot ask me account of what I have with jurisdiction over. Does, that, does this make sense? Now, the benefit also is that if you are, if no matter who the person, and I know that people are watching online, so it's not only people about here. When you are in a congregation and you are not faith, even if the pastor says that, God, I have account by the devil, say no. I know that you are not accountable to this one. You have no jurisdiction here. And that is why, that is why these things are, are extremely important. Because you, if I am to give account for a soul, then I should have some level of say on that the spiritual well-being of that soul. You cannot ask me for something you have not given me responsibility over. So when I stand to pray with people or things like what I'm telling God, I see whatever is going on, you cannot come and ask me spiritual responsibility over somebody that you have not given me control. When I mean control, I'm not saying control over that person. I'm saying that the devil cannot be tussling with me over a particular soul. It doesn't make sense. Am I? Mm -hmm. does, you get what I'm trying to say? So, even though we are going through tough times, we are going through different difficult times, at times, all I do see, at times people say, ah, but why is pastor so confident? At times, why I'm confident? I say, God, see, if you know that I have control over the soul, the sickness cannot have, we, we cannot, I cannot be talking and never be talking and say that. It's not possible. Now, these are issues of spiritual warfare. And this is why I tell people, if you don't know your, your boundaries, spiritual, you will. God help us. Then you see, at times, most of all this beating that people get spiritually is because people are passing boundaries. If you don't know boundaries in the things of the spirit, you would you would say, ah, this is Sharon Shaggy. It's just, it's just fire everywhere. It's because you are past boundaries. Go and check properly. Or you are standing in your boundaries and you do not know your control. So, what I'm saying here is that it is important, and that is why these things are key. 
is that he had those who God has placed, no matter who they are, they have some leverage. But Paul is also saying, you two also have to comply with them so that their jobs can be easy. So that their jobs can be easy. I've seen, I know somebody who, you know, people may disagree with it, but you know, when you see certain things about scripture, that's why, you know, Paul was saying, we'll hand somebody over to the devil. For them to deal with him. Why? Why would they? How can Paul be able to say Because he has jurisdiction. Just like a parent, also. A parent has jurisdiction over, you know. Somebody was saying that, please, you know, somebody was by that. Somebody, a, a child went to go and bring one husband that was very. See, this one I want to marry. He said, okay. The father and mother said, we have jurisdiction over this child. They may not listen, but we will go to the hotel prayer. Because you know, it, it where, where do you come from? Before they know it, something 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 just happened. People do not like each other and they left. You may not like it, but those parents have spiritual jurisdiction over their children. But if the parent doesn't know their spiritual rule over their children, you will be fighting. Yeah. Mommy, I will not do this. Uh, no problems. I'm over that man. <laughs> we know where the control came from. Because the control is that he said, he said, he said, children are the gift from God. So God gave me to me. So when you hand over something to somebody, the thing that you hand over to me cannot be controlling me. These are parameters. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Sorry, just let, don't let me just. All I'm just saying to us is that there are parameters. That's what Paul was saying to Timothy. He said, You can have a thousand teachers. At times, Christians, the age of, which is great, you know, the age of, I listen, there are some pastors, I listen to them all utterly, but I know that I am not their member. And I know that they don't have spiritual jurisdiction over me. That doesn't mean I don't listen to people. I read books. I listen to, to, to because it helps me to grow as an individual. So that's why he was saying that. He's saying they will give account of your soul. So what this means is that if somebody does not have control, they cannot give account. Now, if that person has control, now the battle may be long between the enemy and the person God has given control. But that person should maintain that ground. That as long as you have given him grace to have control over this soul, it will never happen. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I just have to say that there is no charismatic Christian anyway. It's, you know, um, God help every one of us and grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, yeah, back to that. But, you know, so he was saying that, I just said all that to say that when the soul is won, the expectation of Christ is that that soul finds a seat in his house. Most of us here, not every one of us, 
But a large number of us here, somebody signposted you to this place. And God is also expecting you to do the same. We'll talk about that even much later. But you know, all I'm just saying is that is that is that is that what he's saying is that after repentance, the goal, the biblical way is that there will be a sitting. Why? Because it is important that that soul be fed. And in that journey, as they are going through it, there is a shepherd that is guiding them. It may be difficult. And that's the beauty of, you know, I'm not talking to the pastor, but I'll be the shepherd, you know, when the sheep is outside in the cold, the shepherd will sleep there. And you'll bring the sheep in at the particular time. People will see and pray that the shepherd will smell like the sheep. Because they sleep so much in their midst that, you know, God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, we've established that The work of God, as far as God is concerned, is so reading. And a man said, the man that I have forgotten the generation, he said, he said, may, it walk, may what breaks the heart of God break my heart. That was his prayer. May what makes God sad break me sad. When Jesus saw people, the Bible says, he had compassion of men. Because they were like sheep without shepherd. The question is, as we even look, does the things that break the heart of God break yours? And you see, through scriptures, what breaks the heart of God is a soul that is wandering away from God. Amen. So, now, just wanted to just pull this together as we pick up um, quickly from Judas, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 tonight. Now, he said, I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. He said, I will give you the keys of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you lose on earth is loose in heaven. See, at every point in time where a soul is in contention, that is where you see authority being released for a Christian. He said, I will build my church. And at that place, there would be, it will be the place where the gates of hell will clash. And Jesus said, I will now give you authority that whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. But please note that it is linked to building a church. Let's go to the next scripture, please. Now, what is the building of a church? He said, the Bible says that in 1 Peter 2, 5, it says, you also like living stones. So that means in the building of God, it is human beings that are stones that are being used to build his house. So he's saying that as you gather those stones and you are fitting them in, there will be warfare at that, at that junction. 
Because as you build the house of God, as God is building his house, but please note that the building is human beings as they come into the purpose of God. And each one of them, but that process is going to be a warfare. It is going to be a warfare. You would see that when, G, when the disciples of Jesus also, when they went to, um, when you look at Luke chapter 10, when you look at the, 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 uh, the disciples of Jesus, when you go to Luke chapter 10, the Bible says that, the, the Bible says 70, the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even demons were subject to us. Please note, what, what did they go to do? They went to evangelize. Because at that place, is the position of warfare. And you begin to say, and he replied, I saw Satan fall like a lightning. What did you say afterwards? He said, I have given you authority. At least we quote that scripture. But what Jesus is saying, at the contention when a soul, when the soul of a human being is, is in contention within the kingdom of God and kingdom of, of hell, he's saying that place I will give you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions. What, am I, what are we saying is that the position of warfare, as far as scripture is concerned, is when the contention of the soul is held. That's why you will see Jesus begin to talk, introduce authority immediately after the issue of his soul is being destroyed. Let's look at another one again. In Matthew chapter 12, this is Jesus again talking. Jesus said, or oh, again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry out his possession unless he first ties up the strong man, then take plunders his house? Jesus now began to say, whoever, whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. What is he saying? When souls are being won, it's as if you are entering the house of this of a strong man. It may appear, and that's why at times when people are moving away from the kingdom of darkness and they are coming into light, it will be as if there is a contention for that soul. There will be a strong contention for the soul. That's why God calls it walk. It is not something you just do slightly. It is work. It is work. The Bible says, but what the Bible says, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. That means the joy that as God is joyful, as God, as the joy of God is increasing. The Bible says, my strength is like, it's like, it's like, it's like my strength is also building. So you see this explained in, in Luke chapter 10. Let's go quickly to Luke chapter 10. Uh, Luke chapter 10. The Bible says, whoever, um, however, do not rejoice because the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice because your name is in heaven. What Jesus is saying is that, rejoice that your soul is saved. It's not the effect that matters. First. In that way, when he said, 
He said, at this time, Jesus was full of joy. And he said, Father, I praise you. I, I, praise, you, I praise you, Father, the Lord of heaven and earth. Because you have eaten these things from the wise and the land. I you have revealed it to the children, uh, children of God. Yes, the, for, yes, Father. For this is what you were pleased to do. What was he talking about? They returned after they had won souls. They did not know that what they were going was about to feel true. Because as far as God is concerned, the winning of a soul is, 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 the, is a strong place of battle. So as we are going out, as far as God is concerned, it is work. Two, it is where the heart of the Father is pleased when his soul is brought to Christ. The Bible says that the Bible says that God has God has committed to us a ministry of reconciliation. Someone will say, ah, you know, what is my ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. Every Christian is giving that ministry to reconcile people back to their maker. But as you journey in that path, you begin to see that the joy also begins to strengthen in your heart. Because that is what continues that joy from going. From going. See, joy is something that comes internally, no matter what is happening around you. And, and the Bible is saying, no, see, when they went out and you were able to win so as, it's as if, because God is living in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, as the Spirit of God bursts for joy, you automatically, you, you, you receive that same joy. I would draw this straight close eyes. Just reflect on that prayer that man prayed. May what breaks the heart of the Father break my heart. May what concerns God concern me. Jesus said, I don't know we didn't, I don't know why, uh, but the Bible says that, the Bible says that no matter, the Bible says that, it says that, it said no one who has left house, properties, children, brothers or sisters, for me, or for the sake of the gospel, that's what Jesus said. He didn't say for me alone. He said for me and the sake of the gospel, for some of us, we are still saying, ah, Jesus, I've left this for you. He's saying, no. The addition to it is that you leave it for the sake of the gospel. He said they would receive in this world and the world's come. What I can say is that I can only bet on the things that Christ has put his bet on. 
So he has told us to say, he's saying that, you know, he's saying, he's saying whatever. He said, what you live for me and the sake of the gospel. Can I also say that that is why when you begin to see someone that God is pushing or, you know, towards the aspect of the gospel or things like that, warfare will begin heavy. Because you are about to enter the place of the strong man. It is you that you don't know. It is you that you don't know. You know, and, and that is why, you, you know in the days of Jesus, what did they, sorry, in the days of the apostles, what did they say to them? He said, you can do everything, but do not preach in this name. That means, as a Christian, you can believe, everything can be going, but when it comes to the gospel, keep your mouth shut. It has always been, and will forever be. That's what Jesus said. Now, I'm just going to just say something as we just draw this so close. You know, the Bible says about the um, armor of God. Amen. What is the armor, armor of God? What is on the head? Element of salvation. Tell looking at me Amen. So what is what is on our feet? What does the Bible say is on our feet? The sandals that is ready for the gospel. Gospel salvation. Abby? So what does sandals do? To walk and to protect. Where is the soldiers of the holding days? What do they do? You know their sandals. It is trapped. It covers their heel. Does that make sense? So that means that if I am standing, my head is helmet of salvation, um, word of the sword of the spirit, my sandals. And the Bible calls that sandals. That of the gospel. Please, when the Bible says that the devil, the snake, what did he say would you? You would trample upon them. And in the guest in, in in the garden of Eden, when the serpent was cursed, what did what, what he said? I will cause an enmity between you and the woman. He will strike you away on the hill. Now, when, when you are looking at the hills, it is that is the force of gospel. When the Bible says you will trample upon snakes, it is the force of gospel. It is the force of evangelism. That is why every Christian, the place where the devil will discourage you from, that hill. Ah, evangelism. God understands. That is why in this country or anywhere, they don't mind church doing charity. They don't mind you running uh, clinics, hospitals, which is great. You know, there's so many thoughts in my, in my mind of when God places us where, where, where we ought to be. And as I have the mind of having a group of lawyers, because we need them. We do pro bono and things like that for people. 
all these kind of things, but we'll get there. But what I'm saying is that those things are not where the devil, the devil will attack you. But try to step out on the gospel, it will come for you. But what God is saying is that, that's why he's saying, as you go out, as you are, he's saying, have a mind of prayer. What he's saying is that you are stepping into the territory of the enemy. And as Jesus was saying, you will trample upon snakes and scorpions. And nothing by no means will harm you. So when I'm going out, I am saying, God, as I am stepping out, I am also trampling on snakes and scorpions. Because that is the battlefield as far as scripture is concerned. That is why it will look like if you if you talk about your faith or talk about Jesus, everybody will cut you off. Because that is where the Bible says the snake will strike you on the heel and you would also crush his head. So the Bible says, with your feet, fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The body of the Father is that we pick up what is in the heart of God. Somebody would say, that, you know, if God would do it, God should do it anyway. It's interesting that the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them, that they were a sheep without a shepherd. He told his disciples, said, please, ask the Father to send workers because it is a responsibility of workers to win souls. No matter how bad the situation is, God does not come down to win people because it is not their responsibility to do. Do you know that Cornelius, after an angel encountered Cornelius, what did they say? Go and copy them. Because angels are not, they don't win people, they, they don't win souls. They can give an encounter, they can challenge you, but they will still lead you to someone. That is why I was saying initially that the pattern of heaven is that once a soul is saved, they are led to, you know, as I'll just hand it this way. You know, I try people do, if I, If I say that, you know, I, um, I have a friend, let me just say, um, um, I, I have a friend, his name is Peter. You know, and I say, ah, Sister Amy, I have a friend, his name is Peter. You know, he's a good friend, and I know he wants to be good to you because he helps me, and I know he will help you, and things like that. And he says, oh, I need help with a couple of things. You're like, okay, don't worry, you know, just make sure you meet Peter. And I go, what will you say? Where am I supposed to look for Peter? Yeah. That's how a Christian is. When you evangelize, I say, 
believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Okay, don't worry. Just go. They will like to wear. At times, I think our mentality from Nigeria, that we think that everybody is already knows about Jesus. She says, I know they will find them how, where. You, they don't they don't understand what you're saying. You you just they agree what you're saying. But after that, they don't understand it. They don't, it, it I think we take it for granted because we are born in the faith. Lastly, as we just put how we got just you know the gospel itself. I met just like I met a lady as we went out to preach. She was an Hindu, or she, you know, practicing Hindu. So we were talking, and I said to her, I said, I said, ah, I said, I said, I said, I'm a Christian, and we're going out to do evangelism, and I just want to share the, the, the gospel with you. He said, oh, yeah, 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 no, we are. He said, he said, no, I have no problems with your, with your religion and things. And I said, oh, yeah. Now, in India, they have about three million gods. So if you introduce Jesus, he's addition. Jesus can hard to the line. He's <laughs> not, not a problem. So, you know, it's not an issue. So, you know, by the time you get to 300 and one, 3 million and one, Jesus will come. So, if you introduce Jesus to me, say, ah, Jesus is in the line. I said, okay, yeah. I said to Jesus, hide into the line. And I like you. And I like you. Join the queue. And things like that. So, so I was saying to her, I said, I said, I said, your religion preaches something. I said, our religion agree on something. But he just he said, he said, so what is it? I said, I said, we all believe that we are sinners. I will believe that it is difficult. We, we need a perfect, we need to pay for our sins. I said, uh, yes. I said, in your religion and other ones in, in that line, they believe in the karma system. So basically, that means that. The life I'm living now, I'm paying for the sins of the previous life. She said, yes. I said, okay. I said, that's on the bad system. I said, but the problem now is that you are sinning now. Why you are paying for the sin of last world that you gave? I said, so what's going to happen to that sin? I said, I will come again. I said, okay. I said, now when you come again, why you are paying for that other sin? You are sin. Say, <laughs> so, so when are you going to stop coming back? She so started laughing. I said, Have you ever thought about it? That are you not tired of coming back? <laughs> I said, because I too cannot keep coming back. That's why Jesus died to pay for my sins. You cannot pay for your sins. That is what your religion tells you. But you see, just keep trying. But that's it. If you come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Maybe after a time, God will say, I've had enough of you. <laughs> you know? And things like that. Can I remember also that when we were going out, met a Muslim guy. We have a chat. And I said, ah, this issue of sin. I'm finding peace with God. He said, I said, he said, ah, he said, you know, we believe that our good and our bad, if our bad overweighs the good, then we go to hell. If our good overweighs the bad, we go to hell. We go to heaven. I said, I said, I said, that's a good, at least, you know, you are trying to address a situation. 
I said, now that you let us say that God comes and you die now. Do you think that you make heaven? I said, ah, it's only God that knows. I said, I get that. But you now, if you weigh yourself somehow, he said, hmm. He said, I'm not too sure. I said, okay. I said, now that the problem now that you're not dying now, God may still bless you for another 50 years. So by the time you live for another 50 years, ah, you have passed, <laughs> you have passed, um, what's it called? He said, oh, no, we'll do our prayers, we'll do this. And I said, yes, and I get that. I said, but do you have a guarantee in your mind of how to face an holy God? Then I said, you know, Muhammad went, sorry, no, Muhammad, um, Abraham. God said Abraham should come and offer sacrifice to him with his son. And God provided his own sacrifice because Abraham's son was not perfect enough to be the accurate sacrifice. So that, he said, God now said to you, which you read in your books, that God will send, he will give you his own sacrifice that you use. That sacrifice is Christ. What am I saying to us is this? You will discover that people are having questions out there. Or if this gospel is laid to them in plain language, and the, the grace of God comes upon it, they will begin to consider what you're saying. But what I tell people is this, and I know we don't do that, just saying that again. Do not disrespect people. You know, when this issue of faith, most people do not, you have some people who just believe by actually that. But most people, that faith is, is something that they've, they've thought about. They might not have seen it from your own angle, but they've thought about it. But as you begin to speak to them respectfully about their faith, and see, I believe one thing, and I'll handle that. Every religion is trying to answer the question of how are we going to face our creator? But Christianity gives an answer to what everybody is asking. Jesus is saying, you don't have to stand before God and compare. The problem now is that the problem now is that you are not going to be compared to me. You are going to be compared to the holiness of God. That's why the Bible says, all your righteousness is like a few in That is the problem. If, if we're saying that, ah, by your, is go, or, um, Agadishwa is going to be the standard, we say, okay, you know, ah, I can, I can, I can say, ah, today I'm better than Agadishwa, or tomorrow Agadishwa is slightly better than me, but tomorrow I will try. But the problem is that neither me, or Agadishwa, or anybody is the standard. The standard is God himself. So how are you going to measure to that standard? Is what everybody is looking for an answer to. And that answer is how the Christ. That's why the Bible says it was the one who had no sin that was made sin for us. That is the good news that God wants you to share. Is to tell people about the sacrifices given to them. That they don't have to face eternity more importantly, eternity 
without knowing in their heart what he holds for them. Because once they, no matter what it is that you are chasing in this world, once that high is closes, that's it. it should, there will be no way to return back and say, I thought, I, mean, I made a mistake. Let us know answer, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.